Welcome to Dad Sense, a podcast for family men looking to grow their financial future. This podcast is hosted by Jason Fuchs, a dad and managing director of Sage Path Financial Advisors. Jason's goal is to help grow your personal financial future the right way. The conversation will center around dads, but everyone is welcome. Now, your host, Jason Fuchs. Hey everyone, welcome to Dad Sense, where we're focused on family, fun, sometimes food, always finances. I'm your host, Jason Fuchs, the always hungry after recording these episodes, managing director of Sage Path Financial Advisors. And you'll know why later when I share with you today's recipe. At Sage Path, we are here to help you grow your financial future the right way. I am thrilled to be here. I'm pumped about today's episode. And to our dozens of listeners, thank you so much for joining me. You could be listening to anything right now, but you chose to be here with me, and I appreciate all of you. So, question for all of you out there. Are you a better-than-average driver? Come on. I want you to be honest with me. I can't see you. You can't see me. No one else is around. (laughs) Chances are you answered yes, and that's because nearly three-quarters of people think they are better than average drivers. And that's according to an article published by AAA titled More Americans Willing to Ride in Self-Driving Cars 2018. Three quarters of people think they're better than average. Can you believe that? It was like navigating through a wild herd of hungry cattle trying to make it to the studio today. There is no way that statistic is true. Florida drivers are just all over the place. It's very uncomfortable out there sometimes. And this comes from a guy who grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Anyway, besides being mathematically impossible, that statistic, it's an example of overconfidence and is just one illustration of how certain biases can influence our thought patterns. And that's the financial topic in today's episode, understanding behavioral bias, learning how emotions affect decisions can make you a better investor. And of course, before we get into the financial topic, I'm going to share with you a recipe I have for blueberry pie. Don't panic. This was my first time making pie, and it wasn't bad at all. You can do this. I have faith in you. And as always, I want to hear from you. What are you thinking about today? What's on your mind? What are you most excited about? How are you feeling? The email address is jfuchs at sagepathfa.com and my phone number is 904-366-9388. You can find all that info in the description of the podcast below. Well, I got to say, I'm feeling good today. Amber's parents, they're watching Jewel today, which is nice. I think they decided to go to the Splash Park in Nakatee, which is really cool. I have Jewel for a couple hours during the day until she's back in daycare, so I get a day off of COVID. Ugh, it's still going. Not going to get into that, though. I really enjoy watching Stephen Hope with our daughter, Jewel. The time they spend with their granddaughter is just so genuine, and they always seem to get such a kick out of Jewel. For example, Jewel is really starting to come into her own. She's trying to show us her independence. Communication, it's a huge developmental stage for Jewel right now. As you know, the moments are slow, but the time goes by fast. Every day, it seems like something's activated in Jewel. It's pretty neat. Hope and Steve, they love when Jewel points to things she wants or points at things she wants to do. For example, if she wants water, she points to the refrigerator because that's where mom and dad get the water from. If she wants to go outside, she points to the front door or the back door. And 
what's really neat is Jules gotten <laughs> super fancy by actually grabbing their hand. She does this with Amber and I and physically pulling either Hope or Steve, sometimes both at the same time, to the object she wants. If she wants water, she will actually take your hand and guide it to her water bottle so you can reach it for her. If she wants to go outside, she'll do the same thing. She'll walk you to the back door, try to get you to take her outside. It's it's so neat. And I love when Jewel does this with Hope and Steve because they get such big smiles on their faces. They get such a kick out of it. And, you know, they're both still spring chickens. They're in their mid-60s. Uh, they can get around, folks. Jewel runs them all over the place. They never seem to get tired. They never seem to get bored. Hope and Steve, they're so good with Jewel. They're such great sports. They just go, 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 and Jewel loves it, and they never seem to get tired. It's really neat. And I'm wondering, do any of you listening out there have grandkids? What are your favorite activities? What are your favorite moments? I'd love to hear about them. But I could go on and on about this. Uh, Amber and I, we're doing well. I just started this news thing called, I call dessert night, quote unquote. Real original, I know. And (laughs) it's been pretty neat so far. We did one last week. Uh, Jewel goes to bed around 6.30 or 7.00. Amber and I, one night a week, we have a mini date in the kitchen over some great dessert. And we clean ourselves up. We put on some, you know, decent clothes. And it's really nice. We get quality time together over some delicious dessert. No, not blueberry pie. (laughs) And we get the chance to connect. We get to talk about things other than work and things that are other than Jewel. And it's nice to physically, mentally, emotionally, create that space and and just enjoy being with each other enjoy our marriage for what it is speaking of dessert what recipe am I most excited about well that's what we're going to get into next blueberry pie who doesn't love blueberry pie I am a pie person through and through When I made this recipe, Amber said it's simply the best blueberry pie she's ever had. Hey, Amber, I know you're listening, and thank you for saying that. Appreciate you. (laughs) And guess what? That's actually what this recipe is called, simply the best blueberry pie. (laughs) And that's how it's listed on food.com. I will post post the recipe on our blog, sagepathfa.com forward slash blog. This recipe, it wasn't too complicated. It it was pretty simple, required just a little bit of patience. Now, a while back, to get out of the house and put a kink in what seems to be like Groundhog Day every day, my family and I, uh, Hope, Steve, Jewel, Amber, we actually took a trip to a blueberry farm about an hour away to pick fresh blueberries. And surprisingly, Jewel loved it. She was really into trying to get the blueberries off the bush And she was trying to fill up her bucket with as many blueberries as she could. Oh, so cute. So I used fresh blueberries, super fresh blueberries in this recipe. But that isn't necessary. Don't worry. Okay, uh, enough showing off, Jason. Super fresh blueberries. But guess what? I used pre-made crust, which I found in the butter section of my grocery store. Shh, gasp. I know what you all are thinking. How could he? (laughs) But hey, blueberries are the most important part, right? And you know what? This blueberry pie is simply the best I've ever had, too. I really enjoyed it, and I know you all will, too. So please, please check it out. You will not be disappointed. 
All right, head to the fridge, grab something to eat before we transition to our financial topic of today's episode, which is understanding behavioral bias, learning how emotions affect decisions, can make you a better investor. And that's what we're going to get into right now. This episode, like others, is based on a paper I published. So if you don't have time to listen or if you'd rather read about it, just send me an email, jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. Happy to send a copy to you. Remember that question I asked you at the beginning of our show? Are you a better than average driver? And remember that crazy statistic I shared with you. Nearly three quarters of people think they're better than average drivers. I don't believe it. Again, I think it's mathematically impossible. Believing that statistic is like me saying Jewel can pick up food with a spoon without getting three quarters of it on one of our three dogs heads. Yes, that happens (laughs) more than you think. Okay, okay. Now, like I said earlier in the show, that statistic, it's an example of overconfidence. It's just one illustration of how certain biases can influence our thought patterns. These behavioral biases, they sometimes help us make smart decisions, but they can also cloud our judgment and lead us to make irrational decisions, like having blueberry pie for breakfast instead of super healthy oatmeal, for example. (laughs) And that's especially true when it comes to investing. At a time when markets are down and it's impossible to predict what tomorrow will look like, our perceptual distortions, they can make a difficult situation worse. The good news, recent evidence suggests we can learn to overcome these biases and improve our decision making. But first, we have to understand how they work. Here is a look at three of the most common behavioral biases that can impair our investment decisions. Are you ready? It's science time. Number one, anchoring. You've fallen victim to anchoring when your emotional attachment to the past value of an investment keeps you from recognizing its present value. So let's take an example. Let's say you own a stock that was recent, recently selling for 100 bucks and it's since dropped to 60 bucks. But you may anchor you, you might be anchored to that $100 figure. You might be convinced that's the right value for that stock. And as a result, you may hold on to your stock, convinced it will soon rebound, but there's no guarantee it actually will. When assessing your investments, you have to ask yourself whether your evaluations are based on the current reality of the assets or your past feelings about them. Weigh the merits of keeping an investment based on current information and whether it's still a good fit for your overall financial plan. Number two, recency bias. Recency bias, it can lead to putting too much emphasis on the latest information and often ignoring other important data. Example, let's say stocks begin to climb and the uptick, it inspires a huge surge in buying. As more investors pile on, prices will climb even higher and in some cases they surpass historically expensive levels. Yet investors, they might ignore this red flag. They might assume that recent trends outweigh long-term data. However, bubbles like these can pop and falling prices, they can potentially leave investors with heavy, heavy losses. You can avoid recency bias by taking a long-term approach to investing. Now, what's that movie I mentioned in the last episode? 
just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Finding Nemo, Jewel loves it, or I don't know, maybe it's the parents who love it. <laughs> Strategies like dollar cost averaging, for example, when you make a series of regular investments regardless of the market's ups and downs, they can help erase the temptation to chase returns or panic when prices fall. Bias number three, overconfidence. None of us have this, right? <laughs> Confidence, it's useful. And in many cases, it's necessary. Look, investing a chunk of your income in the stock market, it takes confidence. It's not easy for some of us. And it's confidence that allows you to keep risks in perspective and sit tights in turbulent markets rather than rushing to sell your assets and locking in losses. But overconfidence, it can be dangerous. Like when Jewel is overconfident, she can climb the bookshelf without dad seeing Yes, that's what we're up against here, people. Help me, please. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Overconfidence, it can lead you to believe you know better than experts, that you can predict market movement successfully, and spoiler alert, you can't. Or that maybe you can spot investment opportunities other might have missed. Worst of all, it can lead to emotional decisions in response to market moves, like buying when prices are high, and selling when prices are low. Combat a tendency toward overconfident by basing your investment decisions not on emotion, but on careful research. Once you've made a decision, stick with that decision. Avoid the temptation to try to outsmart the market by jumping into and out of investments. Whew, there, we got through all of the fancy science stuff. Good job if you're still with me. You did it, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Recognizing how behavioral biases influence our investing decisions can help keep them on track, help you keep them on track, rather. As a result, you're more likely to make investment decisions that align with your long-term financial plan. You're more likely to avoid the irrational decisions that may knock you off track of that plan. Before I conclude today's episode, I want to ask you something. How did you feel about what just happened in the market. I'm sure you're feeling okay now. Things aren't perfect, but they're getting better. I want to know how you felt when you saw your investments losing value. Did one of these behavioral biases kick in for you? Have you been holding on to a stock for way too long, thinking that it will go back up, afraid to sell it and lose value? Have you invested in the stock market at super high values only to lose a chunk of your money during this recent recession? Have you tried to climb a bookshelf without dad seeing overconfident that you wouldn't get caught? <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but you get the point, right? How did this most recent crash alter or change how you feel about the way you're investing or about the advice you've been receiving from your advisor? I want to help you. What I want to do is I want to sit down talk to you about your financial goals for the future and what you want to accomplish, and also how market movement and price movements affect you and how you've reacted to it. Investing not only affects you monetarily, but also psychologically. The important thing is that you not only have greater confidence in terms of your investments working well for you, but also you have a greater peace of mind. And that's what I'm here to help you accomplish. If that is of interest to you, please reach out to me. 
or jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. Again, all of that info is in the description of the podcast. And that concludes today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, go out there and get some pie. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and make it a great day. And now the part we all love, the disclosures. (laughs) This show is meant for general information and is not intended as specific investment recommendations or advice. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information presented here should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services offered through FSC Securities, FSC, member FINRA, SIPC. FIC is, or FSC is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Sage Path Financial Advisors is located at 512 Rosebud Lane, Neptune Beach, Florida, 3226. Jason can be reached at 904-366-9388 or jfuchs at sagepathfa.com. The information you heard today came from the Oshley Institute. Have a wonderful day.